to a Friday night Trice Talk mini pod. It's uh, Friday, July the 2nd, 2021, and this is the um, 4th of July weekend. A lot of people are going to be celebrating the 4th of July this year. Uh, I would imagine just because last year was such a such a bummer with the uh, COVID-19 issues and people not being able to spend time with family and friends that uh, a lot of people are going to make up for that this year. That would be my guess. Um, but anyway, I, I heard on the news today that uh, the airline traffic was uh, predicted to be fairly heavy. And it already started out heavy because a lot of people started leaving town on Wednesday this past week uh, or this this week, I guess I should say. It was just a couple of days ago and uh, are expected to return back on Monday. So I know here in the Atlanta area, it's supposed to be a, a big traffic day for uh, Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. But anyway, I hope, um, I hope everyone has an opportunity to celebrate to some extent the 4th of July this weekend because I think it's an important time, especially with everything that's going on in the country right now, which we've been talking a lot about on Trice Talk. Um, Well, we always do, but just a little bit more here lately uh, because there's so much negativity in the news, so much negative reporting about the United States and of course our history and so forth. And, and I I think, you know, if I were living in a foreign country and I was listening to our news, I don't know that I wouldn't get the impression that Americans really don't like our country. Uh, I could be wrong because I can't look at it from that perspective, but we've actually had a, a couple of callers into the Trash Talk live shows during the week, and they then they talk about you know you people in America must hate each other, and the sad truth is, what you see on TV is not what a lot of us see when we're out there 
moving around in, in, in public and the, uh, you know, going, going places, meeting people. I know myself, I had an opportunity to, to uh, communicate with a number of people today that I've never met before in my life. And it was just, it was, I swear, it was such a wonderful experience. Everybody was so upbeat and, and nice and, and polite to each other. It was just, I'm like, these aren't the experiences that you see on TV. And I wish sometimes that they could, uh, reporters could go out and talk to just average people on the street moving around and ask them how they feel about this country. Ask them how they feel about the issues that they seem to be making such a big deal of uh, driving force on a lot of the cable news networks and even the uh, even the regular ones like ABC, NBC, and CBS. It's it's shameful the picture they paint in this country. Not to say that everything is rosy and bright and and there's no problems. But if you just watch what's on TV and you listen to these so-called experts, you can't help but come away with an opinion that who in the hell do we like? I mean, white people don't like black people. Black people don't like white people. White people actually don't like anybody. You know, they don't like anybody that's not white. If you listen to these idiots on CNN and MSNBC and and uh, places like The View. I mean, it's they paint such a crazy picture of America. And again, we're not without our problems. And we're a long way from having a perfect society here. But we're also, in my opinion now, this is just an opinion, okay? We're a long way from the picture they paint on TV. at least in my experience and the people that I communicate with and the people that I run into in my day-to-day life. So um, that's, that's why I think it's important this year that those of us who love this country and are proud to be Americans, proud of the flag that has flown over our country uh, and the flag that many an individual has died for throughout our history. For the preservation of this country and the preservation of freedom across the entire globe where Americans have died for complete strangers because of the ideal that is ingrained in America. So a couple of things tonight. I'm going to play a short clip of a Dr. Carol Swain, uh, which I I believe I've seen her before being interviewed. Uh, This one, this clip is on uh, a show called Real America with um, Dan Ball, and I'm not quite sure what 
what station this show is on, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. But I, I found this clip and uh, of her being interviewed, and she's, in this particular instance, is talking about critical race theory. And the reason I wanted to use this clip, because I couldn't find one that actually relates to a little article that I'm going to read after the clip. Um, but she's, she's criticizing critical race theory. And the Democrats, since they're on a rampage about, you know, of course, they've been talking about white supremacy and, and, and racism in this country uh, for some time now. But just this week, we talked about on Tristalk how they're trying to remove a lot of statues or they're wanting to remove a lot of statues. And they're wasting time in Congress voting on freaking bills about removing statues that have been in, in the rotunda there for, for uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how long. Some of them have been there, uh, I'm sure, for close to 100 years. And now people are saying they're upset. The, the fact that that statue is in such a, a high place in this country makes them ill. We were talking about somebody who said that very statement this past week, that they get ill every time they see some statues in there of these racist white people that are being honored in our nation's capital. So they've spent time, like they don't have anything else to do in this country except work on legislation about freaking statues. When we've got homeless issues, we've got people surging millions, uh, you know, by the time this year is over, surging across the southern border. And they're not doing anything about that. They're not even working, to my knowledge, on immigration reform. You know, they can sit and argue all day long whether or not they're going to work on the wall or they're going to spend any more money on the wall or whether they're going to let some people come over, but they haven't, they're not working on a solution. They don't care. I don't even know that the Republicans uh, that have been there so long care because they certainly didn't do crap about it in the first two years when Donald Trump was president and they had complete control of Washington, D.C., But anyway, they're, they're arguing and, and wasting time on legislation for removing statues. And I hope everybody remembers that when it comes time to vote next year. Get these clowns out of Washington, D.C., these people who think it's more important to work on, you know, if they want to work on it, fine. Solve the major problems first. You're supposed to take care. You're supposed to prioritize things in this country. And if you spend one minute on something like a dumbass statue that offends some people that has been there for years and years and years, decades, and that's a priority, that's a priority for you. I mean, you, you're so hard up to suck up to somebody. You need those points so badly that you're going, that's, that's, that's what's important to you. Take care of the major stuff first, people. 
And if you solve the other problems in this country that have been festering for years and you've done nothing about it, even though we keep sending your sorry asses back to Washington, D.C., and I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans, okay? I'm a conservative, but I'm not real happy with Republicans either. They've been just as, they Republicans have been as complacent as the Democrats have been persistent. At least they're persistent and they keep pushing for the same crap over and over and over. And now they finally found a way to get some of it done after what they did in last year's election. So anyway, the the stuff that's going on about the statues got me thinking. um, And then I read this article that it says it's by Carol Swain. Now, I'm not exactly sure that it's the same Carol Swain that I'm going to play this clip here in a minute because it doesn't say doctor on this. So uh, I'm not sure it's the same person, but I'm going to read it anyway because it makes a point about what I was just talking about, the statues and so forth, and all the criticism that Republicans are getting from the public liberals especially and liberal news networks and trying to tell white people what they need to do to change their mindset and their thinking and their attitude and their whole belief system to get right. So I'm going to play this, uh, Dr. Carol Swain. I'm going to have to do this a little bit differently because it's a different source and I don't have it where I can play it uh, through my Bluetooth. So hopefully I'll make this uh, work. It's about a five minute, um, five minute interview. And again, it's Dr. Carol Swain on critical race theory and she's being interviewed. I guess that's Dan ball on real America. So let's see how that goes. Carol Swain, former professor at Vanderbilt University of Political Science and Law and a good friend to the program. Uh, Doc, we've had you on before to talk about this, but now even if you speak out against critical race theory, you are going to be canceled. And I know that happened to you with Facebook because you're speaking out about this big race divide that the left wants us to believe is happening in this country and systemic racism, which again, I don't think what they're saying in DC coincides with what's happening on Main Street USA. 30 days, and it is the case that when I do a Facebook Live or Instagram Live, that lots of parents and people concerned about critical race theory will ask me my opinion about race relations and what should be done. And I can tell you that critical race theory, as they're doing teaching it in this country, it is racism itself. It is white supremacy uh, because it argues that all white people are oppressors, that they have a property interest in their whiteness, that they have to be forced to become anti-racist. And in many cases, they are violating the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Equal Protection Clause Uh, The civil rights laws protect white people as well as every other group. I got to ask you about this, too, because it seems the uh, woke left 
who says, you know, racism is everywhere in this country and the biggest threat is white people. Of course, the last week or so, the narrative the media jumped on the bandwagon with, which now they'll probably leave it on the back burner because now we have a new gun attack, gun violence, and that's Asian American attacks. We pulled the stats. Uh, it went up to 100 and some. It was 49 or 50 last year, so it did double. But the majority of those 100 and some attacks last year in 2020 were committed by black individuals on Asian Americans, not whites, yes. which we don't see any of those in the headlines either. So they don't give you the facts, and then they just skew the narrative now for yet another race trying to pit that minority against whites. Well, the biggest racism against Asian Americans is occurring in co colleges and universities where they are being discriminated against when it comes to admission, promotions, and awards. And I think the Democrats are using an isolated attack that uh, there's no evidence that it was motivated by hate as a way to take people's mind off the real discrimination against Asians that's taking place. And when it comes to black hate crimes, they are not labeling uh, black crimes against other races and ethnicities as hate crimes, and I think they should. Uh, there is a double standard there that's been troubling uh, to many Americans for a long time. And if you were actually to label all the uh, crimes committed by black youth against people of other races and ethnicities, and not just the youth, there's some um, older people doing it too, uh, we would be horrified and we would not be able to deny that there's a serious problem taking place. And it's not just racism running in one direction. Yeah, we just put up some headlines while you're talking. Leave them up, guys. Uh, so, several stories we found over the last couple of weeks. You had the two black teens in Rochester set the uh, mentally ill 63-year-old man, white man on fire. He died. No coverage in the mainstream media. Racist black man who stabbed the 12-year-old in the neck at McDonald's screaming white devils. No, no major. I mean, if it goes the other way, they don't use the word racism whatsoever and they don't even cover it. Final question before we run out of time, Doc, I got to ask you this one. Uh, we saw the town of Evanston, Illinois City Council vote last night, a suburb town of Chicago. I believe they're setting aside $400 million for reparations that they are going to give to black community members of that city to either pay their mortgage off, do remodeling on their house, or put a down payment. What about poor white folk, poor Asian folk, poor Latino folk? Just black folks going to these reparations? I'm pretty sure none of them were slaves, and none of the folks paying the taxes in that town which are going to pay the reparations were slave owners. Well, according to what I read, uh, they don't have to be descendants of slaves to benefit from it. They have to have lived in the community. Wow. And it does uh, create a lot of resentment and anger among members of other groups. It doesn't solve the problem because the problems that when we look at disparities between and among the races, there's no evidence, you know, that that's tied uh, to money, that there's a money solution. And no matter how much money is done in every town and city and state across the nation could offer reparations and it still would not address the problem. And you still have the same grievances because we're attacking the wrong issue. Yeah, Dr. Carol Swain, your insight is always so much appreciated on our program. Uh, I have Thank a feeling you. we're going to need your expertise again real soon because this is the narrative and the left and the media are going to continue ramming it down our throats. Colleges, universities, high schools, now middle and elementary schools are doing the same thing. And we've got to keep our voices heard. Dr. Carol Swain, thank you so much. You take care. Thank you. Okay, that's... Um... That's that interview, and that's Dr. Carol Swain. And I, like I said, I believe I've seen her before on, on Fox News. So 
And I played that because that was the only thing that kind of give you a reference to where she's coming from and the fact that, you know, she's disputing a lot of a lot of what's spewed out by the left about the critical race theory and the accusation that all white people need to be re-educated and uh, they're oppressors. So I've got this article now that I'm going to do. And like I said, it, it says it's by Carol Swain. I just can't verify whether or not it's the same Carol Swain that you just listened to in this interview. I'm, I'm kind of assuming that it is, but um, I can't verify that because I looked online and I can't verify the source. Uh, all it says is uh, it's from PragerU.com, and it's the inconvenient truth about the Democrat Party. And again, it, it could be from somebody else named Carol Swain that is just trying to make a point, but I think it's even regardless of who wrote it, if you listen to it and you know anything about history at all, this is going to ring a bell with you. You're going to like turn your light bulb on and say, well, you know, yeah, that's right. Or at least I've heard that. Because the Democrats are the ones that are, you know, I said something the other night about these statues they're tearing down. They've already torn down primarily are Democrats. The statues, they're statues of Democrats, uh, you know, past leaders, past important people in the country. Uh, even the Confederate statues, if you want to get technical about it, and I hadn't thought about it until somebody on uh, Fox News said it the other night. But, uh, you know, pretty much everybody in the South, especially in leadership positions, were considered Democrats. So, uh, and I'm talking about the South, uh, the South of the Confederacy, well, even after, after the Civil War. So I'm going to read this. It's fairly short. And uh, I think it'll help make the point that I'm trying to get to is all of this finger pointing by Democrats, and they're not even smart enough to realize, or if they are, they think that the people that are listening to them are too stupid to connect the dots. So let me read this, and then, uh, then I'll, I'll wrap this up. The Inconvenient Truth About the Democrat Party When you think about racial equality and civil rights, which political party comes to mind? The Republicans or the Democrats? Most people would probably say the Democrats, but this answer is incorrect. Since its founding in 1829, the Democrat Party has fought against every major civil rights initiative and has a long history of discrimination. The Democrat Party defended slavery, started the Civil War, opposed Reconstruction, 
founded the Ku Klux Klan, imposed segregation, perpetuated lynchings, and fought against the Civil Rights Acts of the 1950s and the 1960s. In contrast, the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an anti-slavery party. Its mission was to stop the spread of slavery into the new Western territories with the aim of abolishing it entirely. This effort, however, was dealt a major blow by the Supreme Court. In the 1857 case, Dred Scott versus Sanford, the court ruled that slaves aren't citizens. Their property. The seven justices who voted in favor of slavery, all Democrats. The two justices who dissented, guess, both Republicans. The slavery question was, of course, ultimately resolved by a bloody civil war. The commander in chief during that war was the first Republican president. Abraham Lincoln, the man who freed the slaves. Six days after the Confederate Army surrendered, John Wilkes Booth, a Democrat, assassinated President Lincoln. Lincoln's vice president, a Democrat named Andrew Johnson, assumed the presidency. But Johnson adamantly opposed Lincoln's plan to integrate the newly freed slaves into the South's economic and social order. Uh, I'll stop here just a second. I, I meant to just be before this paragraph. Uh, if you've not seen the movie, uh, I think there were several movies about Abraham Lincoln the last few years. Now, well, this I think this was about two, maybe even three years ago when it was made. But it's a very good movie. Uh, I'm not sure how factual it is, but it's a very good movie and showing the effort Abraham Lincoln went into uh, or put into getting uh, slavery abolished in this country and, and what he did to push it through Congress. And actually, according to the film that I watched, uh, there, there it insinuates that uh, he actually did some illegal maneuvers in order to get the uh, bill passed. He actually uh, lied and uh, deceived the Confederates, uh, the Southerners who were trying to strike a deal uh, after the war was over to come back into the Union. So it's a very good movie, and I can't remember the name of which one, but um, I think there was only two movies about Lincoln at that time, and... Uh, uh, the other one's probably good as well, but this one in particular dealt with uh, his efforts to get slavery abolished in Congress. Okay, back to Johnson. Johnson and the Democrat Party were unified in their opposition to the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, the 14th Amendment, which gave black citizenship, and the 15th Amendment, which gave blacks the vote. All three passed only because of universal Republican support. During the era of Reconstruction, federal troops stationed in the South 
helped secure rights for the newly freed slaves. Hundreds of black men were elected to Southern state legislatures as Republicans. And 22 black Republicans served in the U.S. Congress by 1900. The Democrats did not elect a black man to Congress until 1935. But after Reconstruction ended, when the federal troops went home, Democrats roared back into power in the South. They quickly reestablished white supremacy across the region with measures like black codes, laws that restricted the ability of blacks to own property and run businesses, and they imposed poll taxes and literacy tests used to subvert the black citizens' right to vote. And how was it all, all this enforced? By terror. Much of it instigated by the Ku Klux Klan, founded by a Democrat, Nathan Bedford Forrest. A historian, Eric Foner, himself a Democrat, notes, In effect, the Klan was a military force serving the interest of the Democrat Party. President Woodrow Wilson, a Democrat, shared many of the views with the Klan. He resegregated many federal agencies and even screened the first movie ever played at the White House, the racist film, The Birth of a Nation, originally entitled The Klansman. A few decades later, the only serious congressional opposition to the landmark Civil Rights Act of 1964 came from Democrats. 80% of Republicans in Congress supported the bill. Less than 70% of the Democrats did. Democrat senators filibustered the bill for 75 days until Republicans mustered the few extra votes needed to break the logjam. Uh, yeah, you know, Democrats hate filibusters, right? And when all of their efforts to enslave blacks keep them enslaved, and then keep them from voting had failed, the Democrats came up with a new strategy. If black people are going to vote, they might as well vote for Democrats. As President Lyndon Johnson, who purported to have said about the Civil Rights Act, I'll have them in voting Democrat for 200 years. So now the Democrat Party prospers on the votes of the very people that has spent much of its history oppressing. Democrats falsely claim that Republican Party is the villain, when in reality it's the failed policies of the Democrat Party that have kept blacks down. Massive government welfare has decimated the black family. Opposition to school choice has kept them trapped in failing schools. Politically correct policing policy, uh, I'm sorry, politically correct policing has left black neighborhoods defenseless against violent crime. So when you think about the racial equality and civil rights, which political party should come to mind? I'm Carol Swain, professor of political science and law at Vanderbilt University for Prager University. So that is Carol Swain, according to that sign-off there. I didn't see that earlier.
So that's should be the same person you just heard on that uh, interview a few minutes ago. So it, really, nobody has ever made that point, that at least I've heard up until now, that all of this stuff, all these accusations that Democrats and liberals are are, are aiming at Republicans in this country, but, you know, they don't really say Republican as much as they just say white people. And they're the ones historically that have created the problems that minorities have suffered with for over a hundred years. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, most people who have been in the wrong, on the wrong side of things for over a hundred years, usually don't make a lot of noise and draw attention to themselves. But as we've seen over the last five plus years, Democrats are masters of accusing people of doing things that they are the ones that do themselves. And they get away with it. Why did they get away with it? I'm not really sure. I know it's because the the media seems to uh, push their points without any questions. Has it makes you wonder? Has anybody uh, on CNN ever scratched their head and said, "No, wait a minute"? Okay, all these statues that they're taking down, these are of Democrats. The Democrat Party has a history of doing these things to people, especially black people in this country. Yet they're the ones pointing their fingers and shouting and and claiming that conservatives and Republicans are the problems in this country. Right now, they're, they're upset because the Supreme Court upheld Arizona's right uh, to the uh, voting laws that they have passed in the state. And they're proclaiming that they're racist views and it's only going to hurt the black vote in elections. Well, wait a minute. There's a lot of white people that are Democrats. They're going to vote. Is it not going to affect them too? And how does this law Nobody's ever really explained it. How do these new voting regulations, these new voting laws that these various states are passing, how do they target black people only? But nobody ever says that. Nobody ever explains that. But that's what Democrats are good about. Because so many people that have voted Democrat for God knows how many years tend to just believe everything that comes out of their mouth, and yet they want to point at Republicans and and outlets like Fox News and say they're a bunch of liars, and all they ever do is is hype up Donald Trump and all those people. All they want to do is overthrow the country and then suppress the black vote again. It's insane that people aren't alert enough or aware enough, or maybe it's just because they were poorly educated with this school system that we've had for the last 30 or 40 years. 
that doesn't really teach them history, doesn't really teach them civics. It only teaches the things that benefits liberals' ideals, ideology. And I think we know now why it's been that way. They've had a goal. Their goal is to bring us to the point where we are right now, where it's us against them, regardless of whoever you do as us and whoever you do as them. That's what they want. So they can tear down the system and start it over the way they want it to be run. But they're the ones that did the bulk of all this stuff to black people in this country. But somehow or another, they've turned that around and that's all the Republicans' fault. It's all the conservatives' fault. It's all white people's fault, which is kind of ironic in itself since so many of the Democrats in Congress are white. But I guess they're immune because they're the ones pointing the fingers, right? (laughs) It just makes you wonder. It makes me wonder. How do you get to a point in a country where insanity rules but they're louder than Republicans, or they have been his, you know, in the last several years. But I think, and I hope, and I pray, from what I've seen here recently, that people are waking up, and they're pushing back and like saying, "Wait a minute, this isn't the way it's supposed to be." This isn't what you promised. All right. So that's my take on that tonight. Um, We're going to do a special program. Well, I'll probably have another mini pod tomorrow night, Saturday night, but we'll have a special program on Sunday night since that is 4th of July. I hope that you'll be able to join us live for that. Um, and so with that, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, whoops, I can't get that far enough over there. I'm going to wish everybody a wonderful Saturday. Uh, I know the people out West are having, uh, some heat issues, but over here in the East, I think the weather is going to be pretty good, so I hope everybody has a chance to get out. Uh, and we do have a hurricane headed towards uh, Florida, I believe. They expect it sometime early next week. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed about that. But anyway, I'm Donald Wayne. Thanks for spending some time with me here on Minipod, and uh, hope you'll come back tomorrow night. Stay safe, everybody.